that messaging, it doesn't seem to be resonating with the country. What would you list as the administration's accomplishments, or at the very least, why hasn't this administration been able to find that bridge with more voters and the GOP? Well, I think that... Dave Rubin, this is the Rubin Report. It is October 2nd. Where does the time go in the year 2023? We are back in the free state of Florida after a couple days in crazy commie California. We're live streaming as always on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. Share, subscribe, tap that notification bell. And if you wanna join us for the post game show and communicate directly with me, correct me, nudge me, query me, etc. Join us, Rubin Report. .locals.com, and I'm super psyched to be back in studio. We, we had an absolutely great trip. It felt like we were gone for like four months. We were only gone from Wednesday to Sunday, but it felt like a long, long time. Something, you know, I always talk about how here in Florida, it's like time goes by fast, like it's working here, things are good, life is good, functioning government, all the stuff I always talk about. Cali is just, and we were mostly in Los Angeles. We did do the debate, obviously, up in Simi Valley. It's about 45 minutes or an hour or so outside of LA proper. Uh, and the debate was, uh, well, I shared my thoughts with you guys the other day. The debate was was stodgy and stiff and everything else. If you want some more of my thoughts on it, you can check out our show from uh, Thursday that we did uh, over at PragerU in Los Angeles. Um, but LA itself, like I won't belabor the point, but it is so depressing there. Uh, it feels to me what uh, San Francisco must have felt like probably about five years ago. Like you wander around, we went to West Hollywood, Hollywood area, Hollywood, Hollywood, right? Stars, the walk of fame, all of that stuff. It's supposed to feel like something magical and incredible. And instead it's basically just homeless people and drug addicts everywhere. Everything is closed on Santa Monica Boulevard. Just really, really depressing. Went to my, our first little, condo that we ever lived in, little little shack basically, and it was just the whole area, which I have such fond memories of, just absolutely decimated. So it was great to get back to Florida, and then on Saturday night, I did an event at the Villages, which is a, really, it was my first time there. Uh, it's about 45 minutes outside or, Orlando. There is an area that many of you have probably heard of called the Villages, and it is basically a series of like tiny little villages or towns that are for, it's probably like a 50 up community, like a retirement community, uh, where people of a certain age go to spend their, I guess you could say later years, but living in just a great, wonderful atmosphere where they have everything set up for them. And there's just so many great people there. So I did the Lincoln Day dinner on Saturday night and it was just great. And thank you to everybody who showed up for that. It was really fantastic. And anyway, we are back at it. So let's get going. Uh, the theme of today's show is do we want competency or do we want a show? And I get it that many of us may want a show. And I get it that may, we may just get what we deserve, but I think there is a better way out of this. And the other thing that I was uh, a small part of in Los Angeles was Governor DeSantis was on Bill Maher. I was there, I got to talk to the governor a little bit before about sort of my thoughts on Bill and how you can get the, the old school liberals who are moving en masse to Florida right now and now voting Republicans. So I thought it was a really important uh, moment for the governor and I'm glad to say he crushed it. So we're gonna show you some clips from that. We're gonna uh, compare that to a couple things from Donald Trump over the last couple of days, then really dive into just the 
utter incompetency, or I would say negligent, intentional destruction of the country by the Democrats. So whether you like DeSantis or you like Trump or you like them both or you're angry at one, it's like the other guys are just completely bananas right now. And Elon Musk is basically uh, defending our border. He's been defending free speech. Well, now he's decided to defend our border. Uh, Also, uh, there's a big fight with the Republicans right now. We have averted a government shutdown for 45 days. We'll get into a little bit of what's going on with Matt Gaetz, And uh, Kevin McCarthy, frankly, if the government shut down and never came back, I would be just fine with that. But anyway, we're going to do all of that on this Monday. Here we go. So let's just dive in. Uh, So Governor DeSantis did the comeback show for Real Time with Bill Maher. As you know, the writer's strike went on in Hollywood for about six months. The show had shut down like all the late night shows did. Bill, what was it, about 10 days ago, said that he was coming back regardless of whether they settled the strike. And then about three days later, they did settle the strike. So they had a normal uh, show there. And DeSantis got the opening interview. That's the one-on-one interview. And uh, believe it or not, and I actually was not that surprised on it because it's a lot of what I talk about on this show. uh, DeSantis got Bill Maher to agree on a lot of stuff. Here they are talking about uh, taking out the deep state and all of the institutions that have become so rotted. But that's driven by ideology. So it's not just we're having just a philosophical debate. I think woke ideology has corrupted institutions. No. I think it's corrupted things like the CDC with how they handled uh, COVID <laughs> with the nonsense that they did. So it's a broader issue than just a philosophical you, fight. You keep wanting to get back to that. And I don't blame you because you're right. We're on the same page there. And I think it's it's unfair what they did to you because you did handle it better you did handle it better you were right you were like let's target the people protect the people who are most vulnerable and everybody else can go on with their lives a little better you open schools sooner and a lot of the stuff that's come in the information we have after now we've had a few years to look at it you were more right and they won't give you credit for that. Well, it's the not New York about time- credit for me, though. It's not about credit for me. It's, well, about, okay, it's but, about them admitting that right, they were wrong. Because right. they are setting us up. If this right. happened again, they would repeat the same playbook all over again. But, and if we don't have accountability, that's what's going to happen. So I'll bring accountability so it never happens in our country I, I again. Mean, I saw the New York Times did such a despicable hit piece on Okay, so we're gonna get into that uh, second portion of the clip in just a moment. The reason I wanted to show you that, look, I know that you guys know all that stuff, right? You know that DeSantis was great on COVID. You know that there's every reason to believe that he would rain hell down on the agencies and the CDC and the NIH and all of those things and he got if he got into office because he has the track record of actually doing what he says. The reason I wanted to show you that part specifically was because Bill Maher was in complete agreement with him that he was great on COVID. So think about how the how politics may make strange bedfellows out of people. You've got Donald Trump constantly lying. It is simply a lie and we just all have to acknowledge it and you can say it's a good tactical thing and lying is okay and the ends justify the means and all that. But Donald Trump every day lying about DeSantis and COVID and mandates and lockdowns and all of those things and all his surrogates doing the exact same thing. And here you have lefty liberal Bill Maher who will, I sadly think, never vote for a Republican, will never vote for DeSantis, but he at least has the balls to tell the truth, right? Like they did not give you the credit you deserve. They lie about you. Then he starts talking about the New York Times, so let's throw to that. The New York Times did such a despicable hit piece on you that I saw because I forget what the lead headline was, but it was basically 
Ron DeSantis fucked up the, the, the pandemic. And then, like, at the very end, it says Florida's death rate overall was better than the national average. Now, if you're going to do a, an article, <laughs> if you're going to do an article about Florida and the pandemic, shouldn't that be the lead? Yeah. Shouldn't that be the, I mean, talk about that burying be that the we're lead? the number one state for in-migration? I mean, if we did yeah. so bad, people would have been leaving Florida. People are coming. Wealth's moving into the state. Our economy's done better than any other large state. And education, we're now ranked, I think, in the uh, top five on most metrics in education. Now, that wasn't true when I was but a see, kid growing up in Florida. So we, we did it right. But what we did is we understood you can't stop society because of one respiratory virus. So look, I really want to give credit where credit is due for whatever my sometimes frustrations are with Bill Maher. And I did chat with Bill. I had about a 15 minute chat with him after the show. And like, you know, we agreed to disagree on some stuff and he wanted me to come over and play basketball the next day. Unfortunately, I had to, I had to get going. Like the point is whether, whether you think he's right about these things or he's never going to get there or anything else. Here he is saying DeSantis was right about COVID and the New York Times is basically trash when it comes to how they cover Florida and him, and you have to give credit to that, right? You may, you may look at Bill and be frustrated for all of those reasons that I just laid out, but like credit is due when someone actually tells the truth, especially when we live in a time that nobody does tell the truth, or at least so few people uh, do. Anyway, they continued, uh, and they talked a bit about Donald Trump, and I thought this was quite good. The thing is, you did not take my advice. What was it? I was on this show a few times when we talked, I said, this guy's crazy to run this time. He's, what are you, 45 years old? Yeah. You just had a birthday, right? Yeah. You could run for the next 20 years. If you were Biden, the next 40. <laughs> okay, why run against Trump? You're trying to thread this needle that will never happen. Well, for a couple you, reasons. You, you, One, can't, you can't disavow what? him because you, that's the base, and yet you're running against him. And that's why, I mean, let's face it, Ron. If this if campaign was going well, you wouldn't be on this show. Oh, that's not true. Um, no. So, um, one, I don't think he can win the election. Uh, I could win the election. Two, I don't think he could actually get the job done that we need to do. For example, COVID. I think we need accountability for what this government did to this country with the COVID restrictions, mandates, and lockdowns. Donald Trump is not going to do that. He says he did everything right. He says he saved millions of lives with lockdowns. He claims his MNRA shot saved 100 million lives. He's not going to clean house at CDC, NIH, FDA, or any of that. I will do that. I will get the job done. And a lot of other things we do. The one thing about me in Florida, and even my critics will acknowledge, if he says he's going to do something, he will follow through and get the job done. So it's about the country. Are we going to get the country turned around or not? I don't think he's a vehicle that, that's doing. And, and I have been, when, when I supported him on, on the things I liked, I've said it. But I've been critical about the things that he didn't do, and I'll well, continue to do that. Okay, but you... Again, once again, the DeSantis stuff is easy, right? He's just telling the truth. The, the Mar thing, and I just credited Mar, but now I gotta poke him a little bit. If you were Ron DeSantis, or any Republican, why would you take Bill Maher's advice, right? Like, why would you be like, oh, Bill Maher said I shouldn't run, I should wait, I have a bright future, knowing that Bill Maher is never going to support you. It's also a little ironic because Bill Maher rants and raves about Donald Trump all day, right? He's orange Hitler and all of the stuff, right? I mean, he definitely has some version of TDS, I think that's fair to say. Uh, I think I've said that to his face. Um, we've discussed it on his podcast. 
So wouldn't you want to help a guy like Ron DeSantis, who you obviously think isn't crazy? Why would you say, no, don't run now, guy, even if I'm not going to support you, uh, just bow to the guy that I think is like e the embodiment of evil? It just simply doesn't make sense. Uh, also, uh, DeSantis' answer quickly, you know, this thing that he can win the election, he can bring in the new people. I'm telling you, that audience, and remember, these are left, mostly lefty, liberal Hollywood people. Some of them are... Uh, you know, tourists that are there to see the show. But DeSantis got applause line after applause line after applause line because people like the truth. The truth is nonpartisan. So that was nice to see. And then not only win the election, but then actually get the job done. Again, accomplish the things that he sets out to do. I want to show you one more uh, from the from that interview because it really, they, they did as much as I think they could possibly do in the 11 or 12 minutes that it was. Uh, but Bill tried a couple times. You know, what happens is Bill can't be seen as totally agreeing with DeSantis on all of these things and crediting him on COVID and crediting him on the economy here and that everyone's moving here and all, and that the New York Times is lying about him. He has to try to get him on something. So he tried to get him on backing election deniers. And what do I always say about this? When you're let's say conservative or whatever, when you're a non-lefty and you go on these shows, bring the freaking receipts. And the governor did just that. But you campaigned for, for election deniers in 2022. This I do not forgive. Well, To, to quote the Godfather. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, Carrie Lake, who said Biden's an illegitimate president, Trump didn't. Well, now she's attacking me, so maybe I did make a mistake there because uh, she's out there saying, she, she's you, trying to say that we mandated vax in Florida when we did the opposite. We protected people even from private mandates. So, so, so that may have been. But Trump but, lost the election, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so why did you campaign for people who Because I wanted to see Republicans win key races. And I that's, think it's important. That's not a now. deal breaker issue for you? That's not democracy? Well, okay, well, let's go back to 2016. Uh, your friends in Hollywood were cutting ads telling the Electoral College to, to vote against Trump in, in the Electoral College because it was stolen. They said Russia stole the election. For years they said that. So don't act like this is like okay. a unique well, thing in modern history of the country. First, first of all, Ron, I have no friends in Hollywood. <laughs> you do remember those commercials, though. I remember them. Look, that's really good by DeSantis. He brought the receipts. Don't sit here and tell me that no one you know was calling this election illegitimate. Let's not forget, guys, there's the clip of me on Club Random with Bill saying that Hillary called Donald Trump an illegitimate president and he said, no, he, no, she didn't, right? And we've all, you all know the evidence of that. So that's a great job of DeSantis, just turning it, right? You guys spent four years undermining, seven time impeaching, Donald Trump calling him illegitimate, saying the Russians installed him and all of that stuff. And now, because you campaigned for Carrie Lake, Carrie Lake, who used to say Ron DeSantis was the greatest governor in the country, and as DeSantis rightfully pointed out, is now lying about DeSantis and Florida. Um, and we've shown some clips of that on the show last week, by the way. And then Carrie Lake, I don't even want to get into this too far, she got in my face right at the, at the Republican debate, and she was not happy with me for going after her. Uh, and then she uh, she unfollowed me on Twitter because, you know, these people really, they're so brave and so just. But I will call it as I see it. And she is an election denier and, and she is a liar. And uh, and I hate to tell you, Carrie, but Trump is not choosing you as his VP because he doesn't need to go to the base anymore. He would have to widen it. So, OK, there you go. Carrie Lake. We don't have to talk about Carrie Lake anymore. I don't think there's really any, <laughs> any point on that one.
Uh, anyway, let's go with a little. Let's go a little further because, as I said, after the debate, DeSantis can. I can show you those clips of DeSantis all day long, and you all know it, right? And everywhere I went over the last five days, people kept saying the same thing to me. Everybody was everybody wherever I went, at stores, at restaurants, at the debate, at the event that I just did, everybody was saying the same thing, which is they're tired of Trump, they like DeSantis, but what about these polls? What about these polls? Now look, polls are always wrong. What happens after every freaking election ever? They spend days going, why were the polls all wrong, right? So I'm not hung up on the polls, but what I am hung up on is that DeSantis, for all the goodness, has to figure out a way to separate from the rest of these guys. He's, he's up on stage basically at a audition for other jobs. That's what the other people are doing. And he's the only one auditioning to be the president of the United States. And Trump is, I have no problem saying it, Trump is afraid of him. You can say it's good tactically that Trump isn't there. Fine, you can say that. Again, do the ends justify the means? Would a healthy democracy as Jordan Peterson has talked about, would a healthy democracy just not have candidates debating? Guess what, if Trump doesn't debate this entire thing and then becomes the nominee, just wait till Biden says, I will not uh, debate him because you know he's mean and scary and everything else. And, and then one day we will just have no debates and we will just have candidates who are installed. So that is the road we are going down if we don't call out some of this BS now. But. All of that being said, DeSantis has got to figure out a way to break out of the pack and make it clear that he is the one guy that will go against Trump and he, he is trying to do it and we will see if enough people will get behind him on that. Uh, here he is uh, right after the debate talking about just that. I'd say the final thing, Bill, he's had a lot to say about me on social media really since 2022, right before the midterm election. He started, uh, he started attacking me when I was, we all Republicans were supposed to be united for a red wave. No, he tried to attack me and has been doing it a lot. You know, it's one thing to do it behind a keyboard, step up on stage and do it to my face. I'm ready for it. All right, that's the DeSantis we need. That's, that's the type of clip you have to share with your friends. And, and that's when you get into a conversation with a good, decent Trump supporter who there are millions, one of those people who is the base and maybe is ride or die with Trump, say to them, but, but wouldn't you want ideas to be battled? Wouldn't you really want the cream to rise to the top? Wouldn't you want the guy who's best suited uh, for this job? At the very least, he could defend those ideas. And as Brock just pointed out, you know, the same people right now who are so thrilled that Donald Trump will not debate, when Biden chooses not to debate, which I guarantee he will if, if it's Trump, and well, sir, if it's DeSantis, they'll never put Biden on stage. They'll most likely get rid of him because the idea that DeSantis, young, 45, sharp and everything, going against geriatric crypt keeper like that ain't gonna work at all. But they'll, they'll stop him from debating at all. They'll stop him from debating Trump. And the very same people right now who are lauding Trump for his tactical genius move of never having to defend his ideas and never debating, they will then, when Biden won't do it, they will say, Biden is subverting democracy and you see he's afraid and he's in his basement and all of that stuff. Okay, fine. One more on DeSantis. Uh, this is a little, more, a little more on the dig on Trump and the simple truth is, and again, and I know a decent amount of you are pissed at me for talking about it this way, if we are gonna get through this stuff, then we have to have an honest, open battle with all of the warriors on the field involved in the battle. And uh, DeSantis is going after Trump for, for the hiding. You just heard President Trump. He said that his VP candidate was not on that stage. Let me begin right there, Governor. If President Trump came to you and said, let's partner up, you be my VP, would you do it? 
No, I'm, I'm running for president. We need somebody that can serve two terms. We need somebody that can win states like Georgia and Arizona, which President Trump cannot do or did not do, even though candidates like McCain and Romney had no problem winning those states. We need somebody who, and I'm the only one running, including Donald Trump, everything I've promised the voters that I would do as governor of Florida, uh, I've delivered on. We delivered uh, budget surpluses, paying down debt, tax cuts, school choice, parents' rights, banning sanctuary cities, expanding Second Amendment rights, all and all down the line. Uh, I promise and I deliver. And that's really what we need because the country is in decline. Uh, we can't just manage this decline a little bit better than the Democrats. We need to reverse the decline. But that means you've got to get in there and actually get all this stuff done. Uh, and I'm the candidate that's, that can get, do that. And that's why I'm running. And I think that with all due respect to Donald Trump, uh, we're not going to beat the Democrats by adopting Joe Biden's basement strategy. Yeah. You can't just be missing in action. You've got to show up. Uh, you got to earn people's votes. Uh, and if you're not willing to do that, uh, voters will take notice uh, as we get closer to these. Truth. I don't have to contort myself now. He doesn't have to contort himself. Maria Bartiromo, who's very friendly with Trump, done many uh, interviews with Trump. She's agreeing with all that because it's just true. And we really have to think about it this way. We need to be honest with ourselves. The, the Trump base needs to be honest with itself. Do you wanna be just involved in the show and the destruction and the name calling and the ridiculous posting on Truth Social and then lose the election? Because if you believe, and I believe Donald Trump when he says that he believes that the election was stolen. So if you, Donald Trump, and all of the Trump supporters believe the election was stolen, you gotta tell me why they wouldn't steal it again. Or you gotta tell me what you've done for them not to steal it again. I have heard neither. I have heard Trump say nothing on what he would do. He complains that they stole it, but he hasn't said how he's gonna stop them, right? I haven't seen any work on the ground done related to any of that. So you also would then have to explain, well, why wouldn't they just do it again? They did it once, but this time, no, no, no. This time, they're not gonna do it. Why would they do it again? The thing that they did it makes no sense, okay? That's number one. Uh, the other point that DeSantis made there that was quite good is, is there any reason, let's say they didn't steal the election, right? Okay, so let's say it was all legit and Biden got 81 million votes and Trump got 75. Is there any reason to think Trump would get more votes this time? Now you might say, I'll, I'll try to do it as cleanly as possible. You might say, well, the Democrats have, are now come across as more radical and Biden seems really old. So maybe there's some like soft support there. So a certain amount of people won't vote, maybe, but we just saw what happened with no red wave in the midterms, right? So there's not a lot of argument on that. Uh, also, the fact that, as DeSantis pointed out, Trump lost Georgia and Arizona. You gotta get him. How are you magically going to win them? McCain and Romney got them. So how are you going to do that? Where are the new Trump voters? I don't know where they are. I know a lot of people who are tired of it, but I don't know anyone that in the last two years, yeah, there's a, a decent amount of people who are frustrated with the way the, the uh, government is going after him and that's completely legitimate, but I don't know any new person who is suddenly, and please find them for me if you can, and I'll gladly have someone on the show who suddenly was like, I was a Biden supporter or I didn't vote and now I'm gonna support Trump after all of this. No, but there's a lot of people breaking away from it. And one more thing, which is the amount of people who I would argue mostly unjustly, completely hate Trump no matter what, they will walk over glass to vote against him. So Trump being the nominee causes the Democrat vote to go up. 
Anyway, I think I've made a case here, but uh, let's go a little bit further because Trump, who mostly has been campaigning from his basement, that is just true, guys. Yes, he shows up at a pizza place and throws pizza at people every now and again, but he pretty much isn't campaigning. He's writing on Truth Social all day. Uh, he did go to Iowa because he's realizing, actually, and I heard this from an insider in Iowa over the weekend, that the Iowa polls are making no sense and the on-the-ground support for Trump seems to be collapsing. So he actually did go to Iowa. Um, and listen to what he said here uh, related to, remember remember uh, Mexico was going to pay for the wall? Well, he basically admitted that was complete nonsense. So when you hear these lunatics back there say, Trump didn't get anything from Mexico. Well, you know, there was no legal mechanism because I said they're going to help fund this wall. But there was no legal mechanism. You know, how do you go to a country and say, by the way, I'm building a wall, hand us a lot of money? Do you know how many times in 2015 and 16 and even beyond that, he said that they were going to pay for the wall? Now, Mexico did do some things like put some troops there, but clearly that didn't work that much. But why, if he knew that there was no legal mechanism to get them to pay for it, why did he keep saying it? Or is it that he just lies and a certain amount of people just like those lies? I mean, we could show you an endless compilation of that sort of thing, but here he is back in 2016. Believe me, Mexico's paying for the wall, okay? That's it. Everybody wants the wall. Who's going to pay for the wall? Not even a doubt. Not even a doubt. And now he admits that there was no way they could pay for the wall. So, okay, you can be angry at me. And I have no doubt that the Trump people are angry at me. I am just telling you the truth. So you can decide whether... You think knowing the truth has any bearing on how you want to vote or what you want to think about things. But he was basically saying, I knew there was no way. And, you know, so what? And he knows that people, a certain amount of people will still support him. Uh, here he is uh, talking about how much border or wall he actually built. This is also in Iowa. Talking about how much he actually built. And it's a little, little screwy. I'll give you some numbers after. And then I build a 40-foot wall, a 50-foot wall, or a 30-foot wall on top. They say, that was a renovation. That doesn't count. These people, I'll tell you what they have. I'll tell you, they have a great line of bullshit. That's one thing I can tell you. That was a renovation. Like sloppy Chris Christie. Oh, he only built 56 miles of wall because there was some wood laying on the ground. So they call that a renovation. We built almost 500 miles of wall. Even the Obama administration says it in their stats. But we had, we've totally fulfilled. Man, it's getting harder for me with those clips. Like, I'm just tired of the way he speaks and, and even the language and whatever. Like, it's just, it is what it is. So let, let me just give you some real numbers here. These are hardcore numbers. Please fact check me on this. There are 1,954 miles of border between the U.S. and Mexico. The Trump administration built 458 miles of wall. Uh, but the discrepancy here seems to be that, yes, there were some things that were sort of built and some wood there, so they call those renovations. Donald Trump's administration only built 52 new miles, and then there was another 400 that they can call renovations that were or were not gonna get done or anything else. But in essence, 458 total miles of wall were completed under Donald Trump, whether they, were, whether they were brand new, 52 miles, or whether they were the 400, whatever you, 400 or so renovated miles. Anyway, the point is, under 500 miles of border war, wall were built. The Mexicans did not pay it. 
and it's basically less than a quarter of our total uh, of our total barrier, our total border between the U.S. and Mexico. Now, I will give Trump for credit on this by having some of the rhetoric that he had related to immigration, it kept people away, right? People didn't wanna take the crazy dangerous trek to only think that whether it was true or not, a wall was there or they were gonna get turned around or anything else. But in terms of what he actually did and what he, would, what he said he was going to do, it is just true and I voted for him and I might vote for him again. I'm just trying to tell you what is true. He did not build a wall that was functional in any way, and he certainly didn't build enough of it to, to make it work. What is the proof of that? Well, the proof of that is on this show and on many other shows, if you're not seeing it much on mainstream except for Fox, we are seeing videos now every single day of the border being ransacked. Now, I would say that the Biden administration is negligent in what they are doing because they're literally opening up doors, they're cutting barbed wire, they are welcoming people in and telling them to go wherever they want, and a whole bunch more. So what's happening now, and this is the disconnect between mainstream media and the online media, is people are now seeing it. They're seeing it and they're going, wait a minute. On one hand, I've got the administration and the elderly man pretending to be president and cringe Jean-Pierre telling us that the border is secure. And then I'm seeing all of these videos where it clearly is not secure. So Elon Musk, our Renaissance man of the day, who's saving free speech on Twitter and sending us to Mars and building Teslas and everything else, he decided, all right, I'll also take my phone and go to the Mexican border. Here he is in Eagle Pass, Texas, doing a live stream on Twitter, explaining what the hell's going on down there. Yeah, so here we are uh, at Eagle Pass, uh, and we're going to be uh, meeting with uh, uh, the sort of major, the major officials uh, uh, and uh, law enforcement responsible for the water, and um, and just hear directly from them and see it, see exactly what's going on uh, for yourself. So, so basically, we're seeing unprecedented all-time highs yes. um, and increasing and spreading. Yeah. It's not in just one area. It's it's not just like it's just one city or one yes. town, and not even one state anymore. You know, it's not, we're talking about New York today, but Chicago, you're hearing it there. L.A., Denver, there's all these other places where it's just spreading, just continues to get uh, okay. bubbling up. Do you think Elon Musk might have better things to do with his time? Maybe not better. Maybe that's not the right word. It's important what he's doing. But do you think that when Elon Musk woke up a couple weeks ago and was looking at his calendar for the month, he thought, oh, I'll just head down to the border and deal with that. No, he wanted to do all of the other absolutely, truly incredible things that he's doing. But we need more people to shed light on this, right? We need more people to show us something that's true and give us an honest assessment of what's going on here. Take a look at this image. Uh, this is Elon at the border, and look, those are, that's hundreds, easily, I don't know how far the picture goes out of frame, of people that are just standing there waiting to get in. And guess what? They're basically all gonna get in. I thought I'd show you some numbers here, and here's where I can give Trump a little credit, uh, just like I did a moment ago. This is data from the US Customs and Border Patrol of total migrant encounters. So 17, 18, and 19, now these are the years that Trump was president and even 20, you had 310, 404, 859, and 405,000 uh, people 
uh, at the border, right? So just by the nature, whether the border was porous or not, just by Trump saying, hey, you can't come in, less people came. Then Biden becomes president and look what happens to the numbers. 1.66 million in Biden's first year, 2.21 million in Biden's second year, and year to date this year, 1.8 million. So we will obviously eclipse last year's numbers on that. So the point is that when you can, where you can criticize Trump is that he didn't get the wall done. And by the way, the Democrats were never gonna let him get the wall done and everything else, but this is where you have to be a better negotiator, you have to be a better executive and all that. Mexico was never gonna pay for it, but his rhetoric alone does matter. When, when a Republican gets there and says, you can't come, people hear that across the world. But when a Democrat gets there and like, well, the border is kind of open and we don't know, nobody's illegal and everybody's welcome and all that stuff, the very nature of the rhetoric allows people to come and then they show up and they go, boy, that border doesn't look too close. And there's a nice man in a, in a United States security outfit and he's gonna open up the door for me. Do we have to tip these people? Anyway, you got, you got it. So the, the simple truth here is that the open border policy that we are not, well, you know what, let me give you this tweet from Elon because he really hit it. Uh, he wrote, if New York is already buckling under the load and has run out of room, what will the situation be like in a year from now? The open border policy started under Biden two years ago. That policy was not in place under Obama and Governor Hochul is a Democrat, not a Republican. So this is not some D versus R political battle. It's, it is specific to the current administration. Now you might be reading that going, uh, wait, what, what is, is Elon Musk crediting Kathy Hochul for something? Well, believe it or not, Kathy Hochul, Kathy Seward, this woman who is just about the worst of the worst when it comes to pretty much everything, she now, as governor of New York, is seeing New York City collapse, right? Eric Adams basically said, get the F out of this city. There's nothing I can do about it. 10,000 people a month coming in. I can't help you. Well, Kathy has had it. So there's a great compilation video. We're gonna show you this back to back of, uh, this is December of 21. Her, what she was saying about uh, illegal immigration for, versus what she's saying now about illegal immigration. As you know, the Statue of Liberty is inscribed. It says, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled young masses yearning to be free, the wretched refuse to a teeming shore. And that statement encapsulizes our values. We want people to come here, despite where they came from or despite the circumstances that drove them to this country and to this, and to this state. We see, say you are welcome here. We are welcome with open arms and we'll work to keep you safe. We'll not only house you, but we'll protect you. So our message to the world is send us your people, send us those who need the, uh, the cloak of comfort that we can demonstrate as New Yorkers with big hearts and open arms, and we'll provide a safe haven. We have to let the word out that when you come to New York, you're not gonna have more hotel rooms. We don't have capacity. So we have to also message properly that we're at our limit. If you're going to leave your country, go somewhere else. But the smarter thing is to apply for asylum before you leave your country. If you're gonna leave your country, go somewhere else. You see how quickly they get mugged by reality, right? Six months, or what is it, nine months before that. Welcome everybody, poor huddled masses. Come, we'll put you in the cloak, we'll hug you, we'll give you shit, and now it's get the F out of here, right? Don't care where you go, but you can't stay here. That woman should be impeached immediately. Now, I understand 
New York and their, their state legislature. I lived there for 20 some odd years of my life. It's deeply corrupt. It's one party. They love destroying themselves while the elites gain more power and gain more money and all that stuff. But if you are a New Yorker, I don't know what the hell you're doing if you're watching this show, if you're a New Yorker still at this point, although I do have some family members there and I'm working on it, everybody's welcome to Florida, my parents are coming in a couple of days. Uh, you gotta get out because these people lie about everything, they create the problems and then everyone else votes them in more and more. Here's a little more of Kathy C. Word because now reality has hit her in the face and she wants to do something about it. It can be done. This can be done in a bipartisan way, comprehensive immigration form. Where what specifically quotas, do you want? Numbers people can commit. Well, we want them to have a limit on who can come across the border. It is too open right now. What? The border's too open, but Joe and Cringe Jean-Pierre and everybody else always says the border's closed. Jen Psaki every day says the border's closed. It's not open. But now you have another Democrat being like, well, you people are all liars. And by the way, you know, she's not gonna reference it, but I was one of the people pushing those lies all along. And what happens, Th this video is really, this is, I, I can't make any jokes about this. This is disturbing and uh, you know what, I'm gonna figure out a way to help this guy. Let's, let's, let's try to contact him. And I'm sure many other people are, but this is a video of a 95 year old Korean war veteran. His name is Frank Tomorrow talking about how the services that he's been given, 95-year-old U.S. vet, are being cut, okay? He is being pushed out of his nursing home because they're using it for undocumented workers. Uh, this video went viral, and everyone should know this guy's name, and, and we will look into, into helping him. Take a look at this. But the point of all of this, of course, is that once you say, oh, we want everyone to come here, we're gonna give you stuff, we don't have unlimited stuff, and then what do you do? You literally punish our veterans and our taxpayers and the good, decent citizens of the United States with this BS policy. It was very disgraceful what they did to the people in Island Shores. They gave us time to get out, but they never said when, and they never said they were going to get us out. And then one day, there's a thing on the board, a notice on the board, you gotta be out by March 15th. I think that gave us like a month and a half to yeah. find out where we're gonna go. I thought my suitcases were gonna be on the curb because I'm not that fast. If it wasn't for my daughter, they would have been on the curb. <laughs> but that's what it happened and uh, that was it. I said, no, 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 you're not moving me. And they said, yes, 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 we are. And it, uh, everything was done behind closed doors. Yeah. And we didn't have a chance to actually make any attempt to stop them because there wasn't enough time. I don't even know what to say about that. First off, God bless that guy. We will, if anyone knows how to get in touch with him, I, my guess is there's a GoFundMe for him or something. Can we, can we look into that after the show? Um, I mean, just absolutely evil and disgusting. 95 years old, the fact that that guy still has a smile on his face and God bless his daughter for taking care of him. I'm sure he's gonna, it sounds like he will be okay, but there are, there are probably thousands and thousands of other veterans. And it's not just the veterans, it's the hotel owner. It's, it's the, the guy who honestly pays his rent, who is now in a building with these people and the crime that will expand because of all that. But now I wanna link this to the bigger picture because the bigger picture, what, what is happening right now, 
is there's all of us online talking about this stuff and again, trying to give you some hopefully honest assessment of what's going on, right? And then there's the mainstream media that lies about it, calls you racist if you talk about immigration or anything else. And what does the administration wanna do? Well, it wants to make sure that if you dare listen to people like me or people like Russell Brand or people like Ben Shapiro or Megyn Kelly, et cetera, uh, that they will have some ability to control how much you will be able to listen to us. One of the guys that they're really not happy with right now is Elon Musk, because not only did he open up Twitter for free speech, but he's down at the border. We can't have that because what would he be a, an agent of? Yes, you got it, Miss information, here's the elderly man pretending to be president, uh, going off on Elon for spreading this information. What about what Elon Musk has done to Twitter, uh, lowering guardrails against misinformation? Does that contribute to it? Yeah, it does. Look, one of the things, as I said to you, when I thought I wasn't gonna run, I was gonna write a book about the changes taking place. And most of it's directed over the years for these fundamental changes in society by changing technology. Mm -hmm. Gutenberg printing in the printing press changed the way Europeans could talk to one another all the way to today. Where, where do people get their news? They, 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 you know, they go on the internet, they, 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 they go online, they go, and you have no notion whether it's true or not. Yo, you old buffoon. What we are finding on the internet is far truer. That isn't to say there aren't rabbit holes, there isn't misinformation and disinformation, but you people have lied about everything. You people have lied about the Iraq war. You people have lied about COVID. You people have lied about very fine people on both sides. You've lied about Black Lives Matter. You've lied about whether boys are girls. You've lied about absolutely everything. And now some people are waking up to it, so now you wanna take out the very people who are trying to free people to find something that is true. Also, the way the question is phrased uh, by John Harwood is so Orwellian. Elon Musk has lowered the guardrails against misinformation. The real way to be saying that would be Elon Musk has defended free speech. That would be the honest way of saying it. He's lowered the guardrails. And by misinformation, of course, they mean anything that's outside of what we got, want you guys to know. But don't worry, guys, Joe Biden, a man who they obviously don't let hold a phone, he's very interested in AI also to uh, make sure that you can't you know, find out other information. I've been keen, I have a keen interest in AI and convened key experts on how to harness the power of artificial intelligence for good. Oh, don't worry guys, he's gonna harness artificial intelligence for good. Uh, he has a keen interest in AI. I, I wish the guy had a little I, forget about the A. Little I would be fine with this guy. Uh, but this battle, and I think you see the way we've framed the show today, all of the BS that the media shows us, and now the attack on the people that are trying to do something honest, uh, it is escalating. And one of the places that most depressingly so that is escalating is in Canada, where there is a freaking all out assault and it is the obvious extension of everything that Justin Trudeau and his government has done uh, related to the truckers and the bank accounts and everything else. There is an assault on free speech in Canada, probably the worst in any Western uh, government. This is a tweet from Glenn Greenwald. The Canadian government, armed with one of the world's most repressive online censorship schemes, announces that all online streaming services that offer podcasts must formally register with the government to permit regulatory controls. Is that not evil? Is that not evil, guys? Do you get it? 
Do you get how evil this is? The Canadian government, which by the way, has the CBC, which the people fund, the people fund the thing to, that feeds them the nonsense. Then a whole bunch of people wake up and you get rebel news out of Canada, you get great thinkers out of Canada like Jordan Peterson and Gad Saad and my buddy Viva Fry. You get these independent people, Ezra Levant, et cetera. Many people who I've had on the show, they start, it doesn't even matter whether they're telling you the truth or not. They just say something counter to the Canadian narrative, the Canadian government narrative, and now you're gonna have to register with the government. And could they pull your license? Could they silence you? Could they pressure YouTube to suppress you in the algorithm or per perhaps demonetize you? Well, how about uh, we listen to Neil Mohan? Neil Mohan is the new YouTube CEO and he's very happy that they demonetize Russell Brand. Russell Brand, who by the way, has not been convicted of any crime. Uh, he's just been accused of some things, but they as a company have decided that uh, he's not allowed to make a living. Monday on CBS Mornings, our exclusive interview with the CEO of YouTube. He talked about a number of things, including his decision to block Russell Brand from collecting ad money from his YouTube videos. The move was made after four women accused Brand of sexual assault, allegations he denies. We asked Brand to respond to YouTube's decision in the latest allegations, but we have not heard back. Here's part of Tony's conversation with YouTube CEO Neil Mohan. We have a, a creator responsibility guidelines uh, policy where if creators have uh, off-platform behavior or there's off-platform news that could be damaging to the broader creator ecosystem, you can be suspended from our monetization program. Uh, it's impacted a number of uh, creators and personalities on the platform uh, in the past, and that's what played out in this particular case around the serious allegation. It's an accusation. It's not a police charge. It's not a, a legal decision. How do you decide when to step in before the whole due process has happened? We endeavor to apply those rules uh, equally across our entire creator ecosystem, not playing favorites, having them apply to the content, the behavior, as opposed to who the person is. Lies, 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 lies. There's nothing but lies there. And the fact that what they are saying is what you do off platform will dictate whether you can make a living or be heard on this platform is so freaking dangerous. Think how stupid this is. Or, or not, it's not stupid, it's evil. Think how evil this is. Imagine if there was a guy who, let's say he actually stole an apple from a grocery store and he worked at a shoe store. He was a shoe salesman. And for whatever reason, he stole an apple. Do you think that he should no longer be allowed to create YouTube videos? See how those things are all wildly disconnected? But that's in essence what they're saying. If you do something we don't like, you wait, you're a shoe salesman who stole an apple? You can't make YouTube videos. And that's if the guy stole the apple. There's no evidence that Russell Brand did anything. It's, a, it's besides the point. But the idea that off platform, man, it's so dangerous. These people are liars. And what are you saying, Neil Mohan? So someone could just make up, Neil Mohan molested me. Well, I guess Neil Mohan can't make money on YouTube, but don't worry, I'm sure you make several million to, to you know, have the, the job that you have, you fucking liar, these people. There goes our modernization for today. I walked right into that one. Anyway, a little bit more for you. Uh, there's been this, uh, this whole fiasco related to the uh, government shutdown. And uh, I would connect that all to this because both sides are kinda stucky, right? Uh, but the, the whole idea of the government shutdown was the Republicans wanted to do a little something. What do I always say about Republicans? They're kinda like Democrats, but a little bit less worse. Uh, but they wanted to do a little bit something 
on uh, all of this extra spending and just the nonsense that we all know that the government does. Uh, so let's start with a video of White House budget director. What's her name here, Phoenix? Roll for me. Uh, Shalanda Young. Uh, talking about some of the very, very scary things that Republicans would do if they were to cut the budget a little bit. Their bill includes devastating 30% cuts. You heard me, 30% cuts. And listen to what that means. It would eliminate 12,000 FBI agents, almost 1,000 ATF agents, and more than 500 local law enforcement. Oh my God, 30%, you heard me, great. How about 50%? How about just start hacking away at this useless thing that mostly is used to be weaponized against us? Also, it's really interesting, suddenly the Democrats are very into people with guns, right? 12,000 FBI agents, 1,000 ATF agents, 500 local, these are people with guns. Don't we have to get these people off the streets? People with guns, they're dangerous, Jesus. Uh, but of course we should be cutting the federal budget but they try to scare the high hell out of you about the whole thing. Anyway, here's a little more context about the, uh, the wider fight. This is from Fox News. The House of Representatives voted Saturday to pass a short-term spending bill, moving to avoid a government shutdown if the Senate adopts the measure. House lawmakers on both sides of the aisle broke out into applause in a rare moment of bipartisanship after a short-term bill known as continuing resolution passed 335 to 91. The funding patch will last for 45 days past the end of the fiscal year, which concludes at midnight on Sunday, October 1st. The bill also includes 16 billion for disaster relief aid that President Biden requested over the summer. Speaker Kevin McCarthy said on Saturday, it comes after House Republicans tried and failed to stop a, a sep, a, uh, sorry, tried and failed to pass a separate stopgap funding bill that contained conservative policy items like border security and spending cuts. The national debt reached 33 trillion for the first time in history in September, amplifying concerns amongst conservatives that government spending is out of control. So look, obviously guys, government spending is out of control. So all they did here was once again, and this is what the government does, this is what the swamp is. It kicks the can down the road. It solves no problems. We get more spending. We ultimately get higher inflation. The money that is in your pocket that you worked real hard for becomes worth less because we give billions of your dollars to things like Ukraine and we get in these quagmires and none of it helps any of us. One of the guys who was fighting against McCarthy the hardest, these 21 rebel right-wing Republicans who are trying to get some concessions out of the Democrats is Florida Representative Matt Gates. Uh, he went on Jake Tapper's show and said he has had it with McCarthy and he's gonna try to take him out. To vacate tomorrow? I do intend to file a motion to vacate against Speaker McCarthy this week. I think we need to this rip week. off the Band-Aid. I think we need to move on with new leadership that can be trustworthy. Look, the one thing everybody has in common is that nobody trusts Kevin McCarthy. He lied to Biden. He lied to House conservatives. He had appropriators marking to a different number altogether. And the reason we were backed up against the shutdown politics is not a bug of the system, it's a feature. Kevin McCarthy's goal was to make multiple contradictory promises to delay everything, back us up against <laughs> shutdown politics, and at the end of the day, blow past the spending guardrails he'd agree. Okay, so what you're seeing here really is just sort of part two of, remember that, that 15 vote fight to make McCarthy uh, leader in the first place that they were trying, the Gates side of things were trying to get more concessions out of him, and Gates is basically saying, hey, 
you guys are just running around doing the same old things that we thought you were gonna do, so I'm going to now try to make sure that you're not the speaker anymore. Anyway, it's not gonna work. McCarthy is going to remain the speaker. There's an interesting inner Trump fight here, because let's not forget, Gates is a Trump guy, but Trump backed McCarthy, and now the base is angry at Gates for going against McCarthy, and McCarthy, by growing government, is doing all the things that are anti-Trump. Try to put that one together in a chart. Can we get a couple arrows going every which way? Anyway, McCarthy responded on that. There is a lot to get to with you. I wanna start, though, on the news this morning from Congressman Matt Gates, who says he's going to uh, seek a motion to vacate. He's gonna to try to oust you as Speaker of the House. Well, that, that's nothing new. He's tried to do that from the moment I ran for office. Look. Well, this time he says he's gonna keep going. May not get there before the 15th ballot, but it took 15 for Kevin McCarthy. He says he's coming for you. Can you survive? Yes, I'll survive. You know, this is personal with Matt. Matt voted against the most conservative ability to um, protect our border, secure our border. He's more interested in securing TV interviews than doing something. He wanted to push us into a shutdown, even threatening his own district with all the military people there who would not be paid, only because he wants to take this motion. So be it, bring it on, let's get over with it, and let's start governing. If he's upset because he tried to push us in a shutdown and I made sure government didn't shut down, then let's have that fight. Okay, so look, whether you agree with Gates on this thing or whether you agree with McCarthy, the point is this is the same old fight that the government gives us all the time, whether it's Democrats or Republicans or anything else. So what is the way out of it? Well, how about we had an executive? a lawmaker? How about we had someone competent who wasn't a showman? And how about we had someone who has a track record of winning and there's every reason to think he could win again? Here's one more of Ron DeSantis on Real Time with Bill Maher. Okay, but about them admitting that they right. were wrong because right. they are setting us up. If this right. happened again, they would repeat the same playbook all over again. But, and if we don't have accountability, that's what's gonna happen. So I'll bring accountability so it never happens in our country I, I again. Mean, I saw the New York Times did such a despicable hit piece on you that I saw because I forget what the lead headline was, but it was basically Ron DeSantis fucked up the, the, the pandemic. And then like at the very end, it says Florida's death rate overall was better than the national average. Now, if you're gonna do a, an article, <laughs> if you're gonna do an article about Florida and the pandemic, you got it. We showed it to you before, and I just wanted to drive it home. We're a little tight on time uh, because I'm doing Megyn Kelly's show immediately after this. But I want to show you one more thing. There was a time, guys, when you hear DeSantis and you're like, it sounds so foreign, a guy who's saying what he will do, and there's every reason to believe he will do it. But guess what? We used to have politicians like that. Uh, there's a video. Uh, this is from about 40 some odd years ago. This is uh, Chicago Mayor Richard Daly talking about how there was a ton of looting going on in the city. There was rioting and looting going on in the city. I believe he was a Democrat. Can you confirm that for me? I'm pretty sure he was a Democrat. It, it's actually irrelevant, but we will confirm that. But listen to what he was saying in Chicago about looting and what you would do to keep law and order. Uh, this is, again, 40 years ago when we had politicians who actually believed in law and order. I said to him very emphatically and very definitely, that an order be issued immediately under his signature to shoot to kill any arsonist or anyone with a Molotov cocktail in their hand in Chicago to fire a building because they're potential murderers and to issue a police order to shoot to maim or cripple anyone looting any stores in our city and above all 
the crime of arson is to me the most hideous and worst crime of any and should be dealt with in this fashion. I was disappointed to know that every policeman out on the beat was supposed to use his own decision. And this decision evidently was his. In my opinion, he should have had instructions to shoot arsonists and to shoot looters. That's how you end a riot. And guess what? The riots will come back. He was a Democrat, by the way, I was right. Think how fundamentally different mayor of Chicago, Democrat mayor of Chicago. Imagine if anyone in Chicago said that now. Imagine if almost anyone in the country said that now, how they would be treated. But the point is, it does not have to be like this, guys. We can elect people who will do what they say. We, we can elect people who believe in rule of law. We can beat the Democrats. We can beat the woke. We can beat all of the liars and the frauds. And we can believe, beat all of the people who just want to distract you while your life gets worse and their life gets better. That is the plan. So let's keep going with that. Uh, guys, unfortunately, there will be no post-game show today uh, because we, we did go long here and I've got to be on Megan in about four minutes. And frankly, I have to pee. Uh, so uh, give me a break on that one. We will make it up to you. I'll try to do something for our locals, guys. I'll try to do something on my phone a little bit this afternoon. Thanks for bearing with us. Uh, we'll be on Megan Kelly for the hour, as I said. Cold close, and we'll see you later. Thanks, guys. How would you say your mental focus is? It's focused. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. Let's get ready to bumble! Let me start off with two words. Made in America. I think it's a right for people that bad at kept care. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him uh, foot. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. Wait, 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 wait. All men and women created by the... Go, you know the, you know the thing. If it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway. <laughs> we went for two reasons. One, to... Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.